0: Nothing conventional on The Viewpoint. Songhezomapepe on SAFM. To work with a vaccine or to work with no vaccine, is the choice soon going to be that of the employer or that of yours? A question that many should be asking and a question many employers are probably pondering. Tamsang Amila, good evening, sir. Thank you so much for your time. Good evening, Jose, and Good to. Spoken like a true lawyer, there. Here I am, all excited, and you just keep your tone measured. I appreciate that, man. Let's talk about the days of COVID 19, the metamorphosis. Let's talk about the days of COVID 19 and its evolution for the workplace. Specifically, what are your preliminary thoughts in relation to whether or not it could soon be a matter of great public debate that an employer could force an employee to take? A COVID 19 vaccine. I'm asking this in relation to the Constitution, the LRA, the BCEA, and to a lesser extent, the Employment Equity Act.
1: I think that is a conversation that we will find in many workplaces buses commuting to work, taxis, and I just think in various whatsapp groups amongst people. Uh, This is something that's going to be topical, especially when you consider that uh, the vaccine is, according to reports in the news, is something that is looming and on the horizon. And when you consider that uh, the purpose of a vaccine is essentially to prevent the spread or the uh, transmission of the virus in the employment law space or in the employment space, it's something that's going to be topical because when you consider the regulations as there are right now, there are a lot of restrictions that would then be done away with if the vaccine is actually brought to South Africa and is useful and uh, is uh, tested to be very successful in preventing transmissions
0: in relation to one's bodily integrity i mean one would never think that it could ever be in any way compromised in the workplace but here we are now having a conversation about whether or not this might soon be something that has to take place not just to protect the commercial interests of the business but to protect the human resource aspects of the business itself, but here we are now having that conversation from the structure of existing legislation, particularly the BCEA and um, the Labour Relations Act. Where would the starting point in engaging this question be?
1: So the starting point is um, the obligation on an employer to protect its employees, and and then, then when wanting to protect its employees, having to consider if it is important for the employer to create a policy that regulates uh, the use of vaccines in the workplace. And there, the employer has to consider many things. So something that's related, but not specifically uh, dealing with this particular topic is, for instance, already in the Employment Equity Act, the issue of testing in the workplace is something that's regulated. And uh, employees cannot really need test employees uh, without their consent. And so that's already something that, um, when you speak to as you as you said earlier on issues of bodily integrity, are things that we already consider or things that are already regulated uh, in the employment law space. But specifically with regard to the vaccine, one of the rights that um, you would have to consider, for instance, uh, people's right to, for whatever religious reasons, for medical reasons, their right to object to um, taking a vaccine versus, for instance, the practicality of um, wanting to implement a vaccine policy in the workplace in a situation or in a working environment where most people work um, remotely and therefore human interaction is not something that is a a primary concern for a particular employer. So an example of that, for instance, would be if you are in an environment where most or 80% of the workforce can successfully work uh, from outside of the workplace, then you have to consider as the employer if um, introducing a policy that deals with the vaccine is actually something that is useful for your particular case.
0: What, what, what do you see as a potential stumbling block to all of what you've said?
1: So, um, it's the rights that you, you alluded to earlier on. Uh, what should the employer do in a case where employees uh, genuinely believe, for religious purposes, for instance, or for medical reasons, that they do not want to uh, take a vaccine? And the employer is often you, maybe you work in the retail sector, and quite a lot of people interact. With the public, and quite a number of, of staff is required to uh, to be on the floor and be in interaction with both members um, of the public and as well as colleagues in the in the educational education sector, where you've got teachers who interact with many students who come from different homes, uh, and them conscientiously um, not wanting or not agreeing because of religious issues or because of medical reasons uh to not want to uh to take a vaccine even though the employers of the view that uh, it would be best suited for their particular workplace. Uh and and especially when you consider for instance
0: There are many competing rights clearly as we have this conversation health reasons, religious reasons, and other social reasons that somebody might, one way or the other, want to take the vaccine or not take the vaccine, or rather force people to take the vaccine. The question really is then how do, in the context of these competing rights or, shall we say, interests, do we then come out as a society with a cogent policy that addresses critically? the health needs of a nation because we do know any form of resistance to what typically should inform clinical practices as well as behavioral practices, this virus thrives. It really is that simple. So at least we know how dangerous it is. We know it's alive out there and how indifference even is enough for its continued spread. Now, juxtapose that with all of these legal complexities that you're raising to us now and that we we are being forced to look at, working at home, not working at home, engaging with people, engaging with vulnerable people. These cannot be dismissed equally. And the question is, which one why should Trump the other?
1: So, so I think it, 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 it's something that we need to consider on a case-by-case basis for exactly the reasons that you outline. So different workplaces um, have different considerations or factors that, that inform or that would inform the decision. As I'm saying, if I work in an environment where I am, as an attorney, able to work successfully, outside of the workplace, without any human interaction. I'm able to uh, present cases via Microsoft Teams, or whatever video virtual mm-hmm. platform. Mm-hmm. It may not be a requirement for my particular employer to consider um, a vaccine policy, especially if the majority of the number of employees in that particular workplace don't need to be in the workplace. And I'll turn, uh, in addition to that, uh, if, for instance, and I understand the policy considerations in relation to the vaccine, Mm. but if, for instance, PPEs are effective, especially in addition to all of the social distancing um, um, precautions that are put in place in various uh, employment uh, workplaces, is it necessary for us to deal even with the issue of a vaccine in a particular workplace? And then also, as I said earlier on, the propensity of the people who to, to travel to the to, to workplace and be and interact with the public. Some employees uh, commute via taxi, some employees commute via buses and for those reasons it may be important for that particular employer to uh, introduce a, a vaccine policy of sorts. But that, as you are saying, juxtaposed with um, uh, the employee's personal right to dignity, bodily integrity and so you can't have a one size fits all. However, it needs to be something that employers uh, seriously consider when looking particularly at the type of industry they're in, the type of workplace they operate in and the type of need of the employees that they that they need to cater for.
0: We're gonna continue the conversation with Mr Tamsang Amila, who's an associate at C D H in the employment practice, engaging this question. Can employers institute a mandatory vaccine policy? This is all part of our conversation this evening. And after the news break, which we are about to take now, we then continue the conversation. For those who want to join or who have had this conversation in the workplace or are having this conversation in the workplace or are planning to have this conversation with their own respective employees, we would especially employ you to perhaps use this opportunity and engage with us what your preliminary thoughts are, what are your concerns especially, or just the experience... Of this thing altogether so far Johannesburg 714-2006 After the break Tamsang Lamilla continues SAFM 104-107 to 107 Nationwide Leading the conversation The
1: Viewpoint Weekdays 8-10pm to 10 p.m. On SAFM
0: We're back. We are live and we continue engaging the question of employers instituting a mandatory vaccine policy in relation to the workplace for their employees. Tamsang Amila, who's an associate at CDH in the employment practice, has already given us some insights in the previous 10 minutes before the news, and we have just over five minutes with him just to get some clarity on some of the issues, read a couple of messages, and then get final comment from him as well as from you. So do give us a call, please. Johannesburg 714-2006. It's really that simple. Let's have a chat then, Tamsung, in relation to, look, I'm going to read a couple of messages, and this is probably going to exacerbate the kinds of challenges this country is facing, just by virtue of sentiment. Hi, Song I suggest nobody should take the vaccine because it's killing people, not saving them from Major Bean. Okay, I didn't get the lot. I don't know whether it's his name or... It's killing people and not saving them from mayhem. I don't know what it is. But essentially, nobody should be taking the vaccine because it's killing people full stop. That should be what you should take from that. Second one, I don't need a vaccine. I am a vaccine myself. So please, employers, must not make it compulsory for every employee to take it. I have rights. Those are views that are probably shared widely in the country. How then does the employer probably engage at a first step engaging people and getting people to be on the same page, irrespective of what the outcome is, just getting people on the same page because by the reading of that, it seems like not too many people will be on the same page once this conversation takes place in earnest in the workplace.
1: Yeah. So, I think uh, one of the starting points is the balancing of the interests. So, the balancing of the interests of an employer to ensure that employees are protected and healthy and safe in the working environment, and also the objections by the employees themselves. And when you look at those factors that we discussed earlier on, when you consider those factors such as um, whether or not I can work from home, if you object and you can work from home, maybe it's not very important for you to, to even... Uh, uh, consider the issue of of, uh, of a vaccine because it's not necessary for you. However, if you work in a in a workplace such as a retail in the retail sector where you have to physically be present in the workplace, versus for instance a call center where you can answer calls in the privacy and the uh, security of your home, the considerations and by the employer and the obligations on the employer to ensure a, a safe and healthy working environment are very different.
0: Let's talk about the continued adjustments of the regulations. Let's move away slightly from this conversation and just talk about the integrity of the workplace in general because you would have been dealing with a lot of these issues ever since the hard lockdown of March last year. And things haven't really changed, and if there has been any changes that There are regulations left, right, and center. There are inconsistencies. We are dropping levels. We are increasing levels. No two days are the same in COVID-19. And I'm just wondering if you could make some general comments in relation to the workplace environment, things that you have picked up in the course of your consulting with clients that you wish most employees knew or most employers knew or most employers did not do or most employees did not do. What can you tell us? Uh,
1: So since the hard lockdown, what we've seen over time is a – reintroducing and an opening of industry to to more employers as the levels have progressed from level five to to the lesser uh, stringent one. But what we're also finding is that uh, because of the behavior in the country, the president um, uh, has decided to roll it back again. And with an adjusted level three, for instance, there is a requirement for an employer to ensure and make sure that more stringent uh, level, um, so um, health and safety uh, regulations and responsibilities are being adhered to. So, what I would advise employers is to read and study each and every um, alert that is issued, mm-hmm. whether it changes anything for the employer or if things remain. the same. if they remain the same, and you just continue as normal. But if they do change um, uh, obligations towards the employer, then the employer would be advised to. Then ensure
0: that those are adhered to. Please listen to this voice note as we look to wrap up this conversation. Here's one of our listeners. Evening, Songhezo. You know, the issue of the vaccine is controversial. You and me know that 90% of uh, people um, who get COVID have mild symptoms and they recover on their own. Vaccines are for those people that are vulnerable. You remember, even when we're children, uh, when we're vulnerable to certain illnesses, we would get vaccine. Even in medicine, we know vaccines are for the vulnerable. They're not for everyone. So why would vaccines be implemented, you know, for a 30-year-old fit young man at work? Uh, what for? It's just a waste of money, Nati respect. Yeah, I, I mean, I sympathize with Nati's view, but I think the problem is how do... I know I am vulnerable. How do I know how my system is going to respond to COVID-19? Because if there's one myth that has been blown out of the water in recent time is that nobody is in a safe zone. Young and old alike are as affected. There was once this conversation about comorbidities being there. Of course, it remains an issue. But there are many people who are as healthy as anybody who just literally at the instance of their contracting the coronavirus, tutus down, gone forever.
1: Yes, I, I agree with you, Senator. And I think uh, it's something that maybe the government must focus on, uh, as and when they, they they decide to roll out the vaccines, to educate the country, and to also uh, be on a drive to to to, I don't know, allay the fears that uh, the, the citizens of the country seem to have about what the purpose of a vaccine is, and especially in the context of a pandemic and a virus such as as uh, the coronavirus. So it, I would, it's something that I would extend beyond the employer and maybe uh, put back to the to, to the government just to allay fear so that when the employer slips in, already there's a sense of an understanding about what exactly the, the purpose of the vaccine would be in the context of our country.
0: Okay, let me let you go. You've got billing to do for sure, and I appreciate <laughs> you giving us as much time as you have, Tamsang. I much appreciate it for your thoughts, Champion.
1: Thank you very
0: much, Honorable. Excellent. Well, those are the thoughts of Mr. Tamsang Lamila, Associate at CDH in the employment practice. Can employers institute a mandatory vaccine policy? All his thoughts remain to be seen if whether or not they will happen the way they should. But, of course, his advice cannot be dismissed. An honest engagement between employer and employee and, of course, the employer making sure the fiduciary that he or she or they have is to the well-being of the employees in the workplace. After the break, we talk to Mr. Ayanda Khoda, Secretary General of the Cultural and Creative Industry Federation of South Africa. Whatever happened to the monies that that were due to the artists, a conversation which is a follow-up from a conversation we once had with him in June after the break.